podcast right into your ears please like and subscribe uh i'm your host rob cantrell i got a great cannabis coffee hour i got some great coffee i got some great cannabis i got some stuff i want to talk about we're at episode 129 congratulations to me to you to uh this herb to uh this coffee to this podcast we're, we've done 129 i've only taken like one or two weeks off so 129 episodes the numbers are rolling upwards and uh growing uh we're a little late today's friday but it's you know i had a guest and it did back out but it wasn't you know we rescheduled for the next week but the vibes are really high right now the super moon happened last night and i was like you know what i need to meditate I need to get to my square one and then I'm going to start all fresh. I, I actually did kind of a hurry text to a very uh, big guest, but uh, not, I wouldn't say big. Nobody's big uh, compared to what the universe is all about, <laughs> how little we really are. Um, but uh, just the, the mightiest stuff comes from the littlest stuff, so... You know, things grow and evolve. And uh, so like and subscribe to the Cannabis Coffee Hour because I love coffee. I love cannabis and I love doing this podcast. Uh, today, I'm at the very end of my French press. This is uh, called Brooklyn Lab Coffee Science. This uh, bag of coffee wasn't too expensive. This guy, I, I see coffee companies are popping up everywhere uh because i think it's really simple to do it and um everybody drinks coffee and i love the stuff this i'm at the tail end of my french press and i had like a leftover cup from last night and this is what i do i put it in the refrigerator and in the morning i use it like as a shot of espresso mm. this is brooklyn lab brazilian medium roast and they say medium roast whole bean everything's like in really super simple font it says 408 fahrenheit so i guess that's the roasting so i guess you know it's kind of like when you're cooking beans you're pretty much just cooking them so it's at 408 like if i'm making banana bread you know that's only at 375 408 that's pretty hardcore it's not the most hardcore. Some of those super ovens go up to like 800. If you talk about pottery kilns, they go up to like the thousands. Uh, this is a great cup of coffee. And I know that the price point is like half, half to like uh, Stumptown or Intelligentsia. Check these guys out. It is a really good medium roast, uh, low aesthetic, acidy. You can just tell like... Uh, after a while, I can just tell almost the greater coffee 
it is because I drink so much. Like I could tell Starbucks, I could tell Stumptown, I could tell um, Pete's probably. I can tell like just off of smell and taste. But this is Brooklyn Lab and it has a really good taste, just as good as some of those and the fragrance. A lot of stuff, it comes down to fragrance. And that's the same thing with cannabis. Uh, I got some of the best cannabis probably in New York City right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's called uh, Sweet Diesel. Now, diesel is my favorite. I know people are not into strains and not... Uh, they're saying, you know, because every plant's a little bit different. That's what's kind of cool about cannabis and the strains and how they breed and um, every, you know, they try to recreate, recreate like a certain thing, but it's uh, through evolution and genetics, things just keep on flowing and going. Um, but this is a sweet diesel. So it's kind of like sour diesel, but it's a little bit different. And I know this is from a small batch grower. This is like probably some of the best herb I've seen in a long time. Dense, dense, deep, um, red hair nugs um, of goodness. Um, and it has that punch. The thing about Sour Diesel, it just has this certain punch that makes you want to write 90s rap songs. It definitely, <laughs> if you want a Styles P verse, uh, if you want to uh, rhyme like the locks, definitely get yourself some Sour Diesel. It's just a good New York, very good creative for me. I always find it very good for the creative and you can kind of sleep on it. And it has kind of a really cool smell and it kind of gives you an overall good feeling. Um, the only thing is it's almost too good and I end, up, I end up firing so much of it. And by the end of the day, I'm looking a little cross-eyed, um, but it's, it's glorious. Let's have some. Now I've been enjoying my new piece uh, from Marley, um, from Bob Marley's uh, Marley Select. I forget, like, they're wooden and glass. I talked about them on the last episode. I have them on the IG. Check out the IG. But, yeah, this is one of my favorite pieces. It's called the Taster, and it has a wooden um, tip at the bottom. I mean, it has a wooden, like, <laughs> it's not a suction cup, but a mouthpiece, I guess, is what it is. And uh, it's glass. And uh, I've never found anything better than glass to smoke out of in terms of like resonation and all that. So I've always I've always liked a little bit of good cannabis. And then the other thing is I did mix. This is such a good herb, but it's like, you know, it's powerful, man. It's a it's a you know, it's not messing around herb. Um, so I did buy a CBD joint from this place that was called Plant Life. And it was a coffee shop in Brooklyn. There's literally coffee shops everywhere. I mean, I, I'm so excited to keep doing this podcast because I haven't really, we, we've been going heavy for a year in the quarantine. So eventually I'm going to take this out. You'll see more videos on the Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon, Rob Cantrell Coffee. More videos, more interviews. You can see a full interview with Bill Burr. Uh, live, me hitting one hit, hitter. Talk. Well, I think I hit the one hitter once or twice. He was about to do Saturday Night Live, and I don't know um, if he knew I was smoking pot, but I, I didn't even talk about it. But nowadays, herb is getting so legal, and that's what I love about it. So I've just been trying to position myself for the legal market. You know, I'm not a super dab master fresh. Um, I like dab life. <laughs> 
I understand it. They got some good beats. Um, shout out to all the dab masters out there. These dab masters, if you're into doing dabs, you're definitely making some beats. You're making some serious ill beats. <laughs> Music and cannabis, there's something connected there, man. There's something really connected there in terms of tone and energy. I've been listening to like a lot of like um, heal your aura on YouTube, like 790 hertz, like home, like, like total vibe out. Uh, I'm about to get a massage at a place where the girl has uh, a shaved head and a tattoo of a tarantula on the side of it um, and is drinking a light uh, matcha coffee. <laughs> I don't know, some super hipster shit. But I think vibes and, and sound waves definitely, you know, I think it's like massaging your brain. The more I've been doing meditation and I have been almost meditating. I used to smoke more pot than meditate. Now I'm almost 50-50. <laughs> but I did uh, do 20 minutes today um, before the herb, which was really good. And then I did 20 minutes last night while kind of on the herb. But I have to say I, it's harder when you're a little bit on the herb to keep your mind from wandering. But lately I've been trying to just like, oh, there's my mind, there it goes, there's the wander, look at that, look at that. Like, it's almost the realization of those thoughts not meaning anything, you know? And they mean stuff, but it's like, if you look at it in a bigger picture, in a universal picture, in a more natural picture, uh, conceptual thinking, like that's what I was, like when I first started studying meditation, but all these things are starting to make sense that I didn't make sense like six months ago. Like, and I think that's how uh, white supremacy is a little bit like the woke culture, cancel culture. Like, I don't know how it's dancing back and forth every which way. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm in comedy. So I see these like melodramas play out online. And uh, I don't want to get involved. <laughs> I just want to do some jokes and do some silly stuff and smoke some weed out. Um, but I do think life changes and, and things are that's. And the more you attach your ego, there's something about attaching your ego and retro feelings like you almost want to just keep on living in the future. But you got to respect the past. You got to respect Bob Marley. Um, ja Rastafari. No, but this is one of my favorite um, pieces out there. And I need to give them a proper shout out. I can't be like stumbling, stumbling on the podcast about those guys. Um, because this is one of the better, I can tell when somebody really, a company is like into what they're doing and i love doing this podcast i got some good merch coming up i'm gonna i want to be real with my shit man i want to make it really good stuff i would buy stuff i would wear not cheese out not go for the dollar dollar bill constantly but you know we all got to make a living um what's that joint man no that's not it is that the, yeah okay Oh, Marley Natural. Yeah, check out Marley Naturals. This thing is, uh, yeah, they make ashtrays, great water pieces. All, all the products I've seen from Marley Natural is like the bomb. 
Like I got this taster and it's like their glass one hitter, but it's like a glass one hitter with a wooden mouthpiece. Now I'm looking at the whole, there's a whole set, like it kind of holds like four joints and one of these things and then a couple nugs. Um, that's where it's going, man. People are getting their preference on. Um, that's why I always liked kind of the taster just so I'm not overdoing it all the time but when i am doing it i taste i don't taste like a bunch of resin i had to clean out this thing that's the only thing thing about herb is it herb runs out that's one bad thing and then uh i don't have to worry about that for a minute and then it resonates so you have to watch out for that and uh that's why people love joints but joints stink up the joint <laughs> let's see Yeah, so I bought a CBD split book at this supernatural CBD coffee shop. So they're all over the place, but this place was odd. It was house plants. Like they were selling ferns, they were selling like orchids, they were selling all these different, they were playing succulents. My so I got a succulent, man. I love that name. <laughs> succulent, the best plant. Um, what's up with that plant? It sucks. I mean, it's a succulent. Um, that plant sucks. I mean, it's a succulent. Succulent are like these ivy. I don't know. They're kind of like cactus, light, light cactus, cactus light, or they're like ivy. I got a snake plant and I got a succulent plant. And then I got like a old school house plant that only grows like off the side it's almost like an alt rock or like a new wave rocker like it only grows its uh leaves on one side of the pot but it go the but, but those leaves go really like it hangs down like a crazy cowlick all right so the thing about buying pre-rolls so i just took the cbd that's i didn't want to buy a bunch of cbd i threw away a bunch of cbd flour it was giving me a headache. I was like, this shit's whack. Some of this stuff is like sprayed. That's why I think a uh, small batch cannabis and knowing where, like I was talking to the dude that I got this from, like one is small batch and then one's like a California super, you know, sealed um, legal, legal cannabis company. But the thing is the quality of the, boutique grower the smaller grower it's going to be better and that's why it's like you know great sour diesel punch um because it's a small you know you can't mass you can't mass produce dope stuff <laughs> or you can or just when you do that you lose what kind of makes it dope uh that's why you know i'm really excited about just doing this podcast solo sometimes um is just getting a pace for it and tasting this wonderful cannabis and having a great cup of coffee and reflecting kind of uh on just my life man i was talking to an old friend from san francisco my old roommate the guy i rented a room from this dude was an old hippie he was an art teacher and uh, my buddy mike and i used to rent a back room from him and uh, 
he was an old Grateful Dead fan and he was partially blind. And he I he had this great story. I mean, we talked and it was better than any type of movie the story was. Um, so he was a huge so we were talking about the Grateful Dead. We were actually at the same Grateful Dead show in 96, I think it is, at RFK. The only time I saw him. And he was like, Yeah, the only time I saw him was on this date. And I don't think they played there that much. And I th always thought they did. But I think he's right, because that was like a huge stadium. And the Grateful Dead, I mean, they still can do like huge coliseums now, but it's kind of a, just a different gig. Like they kind of were like this underground psychedelic rock band for so long. And then Touch of Grey hit the radio and it got MTV play. Like they played that video on MTV. If your shit got played on MTV, everything like pop culture was just like so confined in these like four or five channels. So if you ended up in that channel for a while, I mean, you were just selling, you know, you were like Pepsi or Coca-Cola. So they got this top 40 hit touch of gray and the concerts were like selling lots of tickets. I remember kind of the vibe because the parking lot was so fun and you wanted something to do. And it was such a summer, you know, everybody's just smoking weed, drinking, hanging out, man. And listening to the fucking Grateful Dead. Can't, can't get much better than that. And you can't get, and that was the best place for the best herb. Everybody's smoking herb. Nobody cares. Nobody's judging you. They needed to happen. The Grateful Dead had to happen. They were the uh, introduction to LSD into the American psyche, into the world psyche. That was the mainstreaming of it all. I guess psychedelics and LSD happened in San Francisco. And oh, yeah, that's what I was talking about. San Francisco. My buddy, Mike Carter. Um, yeah. So he was an old hippie. He saw the band. He saw the band like with the Robbie Robinson and Levon Helms and all them um, like in San Francisco, not at the that 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 show that's on the last waltz. That's a venue that did close down. But San Francisco has all these like old theater spaces. I saw Run DMC, but not in their heyday, like towards the end, like right before. I think I might have saw Jam Master J and Run DMC. They played this place called it was called the uh, Justice League, the Justice League in San Francisco. And it closed down, but they had hip hop shows and they also had like house music. And it was like, it wasn't like the Warfield or like the Fillmore. It was like the third tier of those mid-sized venues. So you could get away and they would just have weird acts. Like we, I saw Run DMC and it was the full run DMC, but I remember it was somebody that opened up for him. I forget who opened up for him. I think they had some funk band or something. Um, but I ate mushrooms that night. That was the last time I, that was one of the last times I ate mushrooms and I saw run DMC <laughs> at the justice league with this girl, oh, this hardcore hippie girl who always helped me. I always got me a herb or whatever. We were not romantic uh lee involved we were just friends and workers what was her name melody uh madeline shout out to madeline and she was like a super earth mama um 
but she got tickets to run DMC and she got tickets to high Sierra. She liked live music. I always liked live music, always went to live music. And then comedy kind of kicked in and I didn't go to as much live music, but I run into live music. And that was the good thing about like performing in San Francisco was I got to go to my first check was from Bill Graham presents. If you don't know, Bill Graham was like the best rock promoter or like the reason why Grateful Dead and the Fillmore and that whole like early American rock and roll psychedelic scene, Summer of Love, like he was a major player in booking the venues and booking the band and making the scene happen. And uh, but he ended up owning all these performance venues and he ended up owning the Punchline Comedy Club. And that's where I started in San Francisco. So my first check was from uh, Bill Graham Presents, the first time I performed stand-up comedy uh, for money, for money, money. But uh, yeah, my buddy Mike Carter, so he went to, he was a huge Grateful Dead fan and his friend had tickets to this venue in Palo Alto, which is like an hour away from San Francisco, but it's kind of like this cool hippy dippy, like mini town suburb type place, but it has a couple venues and like record stores. And I think, I don't know, maybe there's a college there or maybe there's a vineyard, I don't know. Um, California is so big and so vast and in its history and everything that it's hard to get your head all the way around it. You know, I only lived in San Francisco for three and a half years. And then I lived in LA for about two more years. So my full time in San Francisco or in California was from from 99 to 2005. Right when the <laughs> Californication came out from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I do remember when that CD came out. <laughs> I trip out, man, how old I am. I'm like, I'm like, I do the math. But kids, man, if you drink enough coffee and weed, it just all kind of blends together and you just kind of wake up and you're like, OK, I got to do some stretches and do this podcast and uh, sample these uh, sweet diesel cookies and uh, and and knock this one out. Um, but yeah. Oh, so my buddy Mike went to Palo Alto. He went to go see Bob Weir, who is the not Jerry Garcia, but Bob Weir, who's like the skinny Jerry Garcia is the heavy set dude who's the kind of the heart and soul of the Grateful Dead. But Bob Weir was like his sidekick, but great guitarist, cool dude, and wrote some of their best jams and performed some of their best jams. Um, man, the Grateful Dead just have like so many. And it's it's weird for me to say all this stuff because there was a time in my life when I completely hated on the Grateful Dead, like totally made fun of my friends. Um, I thought they were so corny and all this stuff. And, and it's just funny now, like how much I appreciate them. I think being a performer, that opened my eyes a lot. I think there was like, you know, and just like when you're uh, a shitty little kid, you, you make fun of stuff just to make fun of stuff, just to talk kind of like a podcast. <laughs> uh, but no, but the Grateful Dead is ill. Now that I'm older, I'm like, man, these guys all jammed, all had a different musical sense. They had a sound that was, you know, you can't say completely original, but very original in their art form and how they made moves 
Um, my man was telling me that on Ann Arbor Day in San Francisco, the grave members of the Grateful Dead would always plant trees. And I thought that was dope. Plant some trees. That's what I want to hear. I, that's what I want to hear about my rock stars, not slapping people up or doing Molly or whatever. I want to hear them plant. I want to hear about them planting motherfucking trees on Ann Arbor Day and doing it without any press or anything just word of mouth got around <laughs> that's what they did uh yo so yo yeah my man went to the show he went to the bob weir in the small venue so bobby Weir had the sound the side project and he went with a friend of his and my friend and my friend mike is partially blind or pretty much fully blind but he doesn't he doesn't really rely on it and you can't tell unless you start talking to him and he went to this concert and his friend ditched him. His friend got drunk and started talking to a girl and ditched him. And so he was stuck at the venue at the end of the show. And, and it's like an hour and a half from his house. And it's at night. And this was before cell phones. And he's wandering around the parking lot. And he doesn't know where he's at or he can't he can't find his way to home. Uh and everybody has left except for the door person in this small like rock venue. And in California, especially out in Palo Alto, this is like around Marin and up there, I think. Uh, I might be bullshit. This was like, but this in Northern California, this is like, they didn't have the mafia, they had Hell's Angels. So the Hell's Angels, there was a Hell's Angel that was working the door, a motorcycle dude, like a, the original cat, the original G. And the Hell's Angel was like, my friend went to the door and he, and he was like looking around or something. He was like, hey, man, are you all right? What's going on? Um, and then the Hell's Angel kind of like picked up that he was blind. And and then Mike was like, hey, man, I, my friend left me and I'm I'm stuck here. And, you know, I don't have a way where I, I think he told him he couldn't see. But the guy was like, OK, hold on, man, just fucking just don't move. Just stay right fucking here. And he said in five minutes comes Bob Weir from the Grateful Dead, drives around in a brand new Mercedes Benz with his friend next to him. And the Hells Angels like, hey, man, Bob, thanks for giving this guy a ride home. Like, I guess they told him like they, my friend lives like over by Cow Palace. I lived in this house over by Cow Palace which is in San Francisco and not in the best neighborhood, but my friend owns the house. Like it's this old house. And he told him the address and Bob Weir ended up giving him a ride home <laughs> from his own concert. Uh, so I always thought that was a dope story. And I just had, had uh, just been thinking about the Grateful Dead and I've been thinking, I'm trying to book a gig in Humboldt. Um, I'm talking to this cat. Um, I want to say RIP to Paul Mooney uh comedian um richard pryor's right hand man um headliner i saw paul a few times i always liked him i always liked his style i always got a Chappelle show he killed it i thought that that was like at this apex his stand-up was always funny um and i you know, I saw him at the Laugh Factory, like in small crowds and at Caroline's. And I'm lucky to say that. And at a Caroline's Christmas party, <laughs> he walked by me. But my friend, this, I won't call it out. But my friend was like, man, people are nice, you know, in comedy. Don't, you know, and uh, 
and I was just like, I was playing in the cut, you know, I'm not the most social guy. He goes, watch this. And we kind of work with Paul Mooney. Like we see, you know, you see the same general dudes over the years. Uh, but I, I never went up to him. I never worked with him. Maybe I was on a show once or twice, maybe at Caroline's when he closed it or something, but not really. He always had his own hour. They, they used to, Caroline's would have Paul Mooney every weekend at midnight. Like he had a kind of this good gig. He had like, for like a long ass run, always like would work Caroline's, but um, comedy club, which is my, it's one of my favorite punchline and Caroline's comedy club. I mean, I grew up and I probably had seen, you know, Caroline's Comedy Club and the Punchline Comedy knew me when I was single and uh, ready to mingle, knew me when I was uh, married uh, and then knew me as a married guy with a kid who had been around. You know, they saw me when I was young and now I kind of know what I'm doing uh, around stand up when I'm booked at those venues. So it's great to see. And sometimes I see people at those venues that knew me like from the very beginning. And it's just so great. Um, yeah, man. So I can't wait to get back out into stand up. Oh, Paul Mooney. Yeah. Rest in peace. Oh, at the, at the Christmas party, he's like, Hey Paul, what's up? And he's like, get out of my way. motherfucker!" <laughs> I don't know you. He said something like that. And uh, I think we were, I busted out laughing. My friend just was kind of bummed out because he was trying to show me up, trying to act like he was the big time. Um, and I knew better, but uh, I didn't know better, but I won't say the dude's name. But I, that was funny. And I think we were all laughing. Um, rest in peace, uh, Paul Mooney. Um, I've been uh, listening to a lot of lo-fi beats. That's kind of been my thing is doing that. Putting on like that Zen, like, you know, like emotional detox vibration. Uh, and it has like five Buddhas on it and streams and shit. And you're like, um, but some of some of them are dumb. Some of them are awful. <laughs> some of them are. T but then there's some. So it's, and it's hard to it's just almost your mood or what helps your brain. I do think it's like a way of massaging those tones a way of massaging your brain and your heart and uh, kind of keep everything kind of vibrating. It's all vibes, man. So this coffee is legitimate. Um, oh, I did a comedy show. Speaking of Paul Moody, I've been doing a lot of, I know I'll release the music when it's time to release the music. So I have been in the studio more or less, uh, meaning opening um, the application garage band <laughs> uh, which I actually edit on this podcast so please like and subscribe sign up for the patreon mad merch mad shows mad weed mad coffee uh, happy herb happy coffee happy shows all coming your way um, to a brighter new day um it feels like the vaccinations are helping. So I did a stand-up show in Prospect Park and there was about 50 people there, but they were spread out and it seems like people are vaxxed. And then New York now has been really opening up. I don't know what it's like around the world, but as you know, from this podcast, I've been locked down. It's been different here. Um, 
So it's wild to get adjusted to it. And I don't know what I feel about it. So we'll just see how it goes, you know. Uh, but doing stand-up was a lot of fun. That was, I crashed that night because it was just so much energy and so much joy. And it was a crowd and it was in the park and it was a beautiful day. And I didn't have anything to do afterwards. And I walked home and I think I had a iced coffee on the way. Um, I didn't have any, her I was like ran out of herb and nobody's like puffing and passing. So I just concentrated on doing a good show. And I have to say, like, I closed the set not as strong as I opened, but I did open really strong. Like I had them going. And then um, it felt like I just didn't, I had, it felt like it'd been a year since I really did it. <laughs> but you know, I got 20 years on top of that. So I kind of know what I'm doing. And I was just happy to be there. And the crowd was good. So I was getting like, new, and people were, it was like, I, I did like three or four, like brand new chunks, like just, just bullshit chunks. Cause I just think that's my theory is because everybody's coming out of this shit. Like everybody's trauma is going to be different. Everybody's processing this um time and stress different some people had podcasts some people you know broke down some people had podcasts and broke down some people had babies some people broke up it's crazy you know but one thing is comedy there hasn't been that many shows but then there there was some comics that were really good so i was like oh man they've been performing <laughs> but i'm not gonna judge you know everybody had to make the call on their own you know in terms of how much they worked how much you know stand up they did how much they dealt with people um everybody was kind of on their own and it feels that way now with art and entertainment too you know that's why you know the numbers are the numbers but i know they're always going up with the cannabis coffee hour this is something i love to do it it's growing i planted it i i uh edit it uh i prove it i stamp it i smoke it it's one of my favorite things And this strain is, uh, yeah, is amazing. I hope this is recording good. I checked the levels, but you never know. There, you never. Uh, I think I lost one for a minute the other day. But there's ways of saving things now. Uh, they, there's so much internet. That's the thing. Is like, somebody was asking me, like, were you busy? And I'm like, it's there's always stuff that, when you're creative or have to do, you know, get this stuff out. There's always something to do. <laughs> so that's why I've been trying to learn to control myself, like stop worrying about other people and their stuff, or even thinking about that and, and just worrying about controlling what's going on in my world, my judgments, my decisions. And but also at the same time, patting myself on the back because, uh, shit, man, we <laughs> after a while, man, 50 years of walking this earth, 
Uh, I'm happy what I've done. I've been blessed. I loved every day. I like, you know, being satisfied or being content. That's when you can see the wonderment in life. And that's what I've been really just trying to wake up with a beginner's mind and start from one. And one meaning like just one breath, one love. I said one love because I'm wearing a Bob Marley shirt. But when I do mean one is when your mind wanders in those thoughts, what it was like, what it was explained to me was like, they have tails and the thoughts will stack on top of each other and start to whirl around, whirl around. So when they say capture the monkey mind, it's just having being cognitive or being aware that that's what that thought thing is. And, and then you can kind of just put that away. And uh, where was I going with this? <laughs> uh, you just put that out of the thought and then you just kind of, um, yeah, just beginner's mind and just kind of like vibe out on what you're vibing on in the moment and try to go towards the higher decision, the, the nicer decision, the more kinder decision. And uh, things work out. That's what I'm like. I'm not going to worry about the bigger shit. I'm just going to worry about the smaller shit right now. And um, that's why I do love this uh, Marley Naturals uh, taster piece. This great, great um, cannabis pipe. Check them out. Um, and I just have a plain coffee cup. I've been drinking it black right now. I do oat milk, but then towards the end of the day, like towards the last couple cups, I try to like, uh, I got a nice, I try to just go black. And then right before this podcast, I did eat some fish. I've been good about eating salmon, but I've been mixing it up. Like I'll eat salmon and then I'll eat a taco and then there'll be too much of like, I went too crazy. Like the spices too crazy my stomach's like trying to process all of it and then i throw more coffee and a couple bowls and then like a half of edible and then i'm like ah shit i gotta do i gotta edit that thing <laughs> and then i'm like oh man this is awesome uh no i'm just saying like you gotta watch out what you're eating if you're smoking a lot of herb because everything tastes delicious and then you like almost go too much <laughs> too much diversity and too many sweet treats um water is always good seltzer is always nice but water is always good love me some water i got a nice glass of seltzer over there um i made this bomb ass banana bread and i put mar two marshmallows they were vanilla bean they were like these high-end marshmallows that we never did anything with we were supposed to do something like some dessert and i never did it and they were just almost they were almost like starting to go but they didn't i mean it's just like sugar so it's just like really getting gooey and i was like oh, i'll just put it inside the banana bread so i made this bomb ass banana bread i had three bananas the thing about banana bread is the more blacker the banana, like the more rotten the banana, the better. These things were rotten. I had three 
practically water bananas, man. These things, I mean, it was just, they were three black bananas. And uh, that's what you make bomb ass banana bread with. Cause I had some brown sugar, I had some regular sugar, and then I had some syrup. And then I did that with some cinnamon. What else did I do? And oh, I put some chocolate chips. And then I put some nuts from like some trail mix that I had. And it was delicious. Uh, and two eggs. I whipped it. I whipped it all up into this like delicious goo. Two eggs, all that sugar. Oh, a, a half a stick of melted butter. What about that? That's what you did put in that banana bread. Um, that got in there. So that's supposed to be in there. And some baking soda. Um, and whipped that up. Mama told me not to spell uh, work. Uh, Migos. I've been listening to that Migos song. I like the Migos. Um, but they're not talking about cooking banana bread. Um, but my banana bread, I can cook it. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. Just like everything. <laughs> Just like this podcast. Sometimes the Migos are good. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes... Uh, Lo-fi beats, I've been pumping them, um, meditating 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes right before I go to bed. I like, I got a yo-yo. <laughs> I've been doing a yo-yo just to get off. I, I like being off the internet, but I am getting excited. I need to take more bud shots. I got some great herbs, so I'll take some shots of this herb um, and put it on the uh, Instagram, IG Cannabis Coffee Hour. Hopefully, I, I worry about it getting taken down. So hopefully, I don't think it will be. Uh, it's not too nefarious or, I don't know, illegal. It's just some uh, good herb. Um, playing a little guitar, mixing some beats, having fun, drinking coffee. I love you. Check out Brooklyn Lab Coffee Science Brazilian Medium Roasted Whole Bean. Uh, if you want quality, good coffee, check them out. I dig them. Uh, Marley Naturals uh, for a nice piece. It's brilliant. I got a lighter by Bic. None of this. I'm getting paid to say any of this. <laughs> I'm just giving you the vibe. But I did go into this wooden toothpicks, like this eucalyptus wooden toothpicks. But I think I was chewing on too many of them. And I think I was like swallowing splinters. So I stopped them and my throat stopped hurting because <laughs> it started to hurt them. And I was like, maybe it's these fucking toothpicks because I've been just eating them. Um, they tasted so good, but then they ended up just being like soggy wood. And then you're like, ah, you got to. And then I remember I remember freaking out because I was like, is that Corona? But then I kind of did the math in my head. And that's when I talk about talking from the one. Maybe I'm coming back to the one is uh, just this one breath. And that is the real you, is like, that's me right there, like, that's it. I don't know next week what that was. Um, um, but it's just like thinking from this moment. Oh yeah, and not having any reference points. Like zero, re I've been cluing, that was something else I was reading. Um, just to be in the moment and uh, enjoying some coffee, enjoying some kind of a Brooklyn Lob. Shout out uh, Sweet Diesel. Shout out uh, nice cups of coffee. Shout out you and your mama. I love you. 
uh, be good to each other, spread good vibes, not Corona. Or I'll still even stop talking about it. Just spread good vibes. And uh, let's have an, another spliff and coffee next week. I think I got some guests. We mix it up, you know? I play it like the turntables. All right, peace. Peace.